Hello everyone and welcome to PB in Style. You are in the place to be to find clarity, consistency, and authenticity in the way you develop your business. And guys, it's a new year, so we gotta start talking money, honey. And we are gonna be speaking with Miss Melanie Williams about traditional methods of achieving generational wealth. Stay tuned. Welcome to PB and Style, the perfect podcast sandwich where host Andrea Patrick empowers, educates, and encourages you to find your inner influencer and personify their brand. She'll have you tapping into your authentic authority and engaging in a real way. Remember, leadership is a journey, not a destination. Enjoy today's dish. All right, um, guys, I have with me today Miss Melanie Williams. As I said in the intro, I'm really excited to talk to her because this year I am so committed to getting my finances in order, hunty. And that is going to require a lot of discipline. And I'm hoping she's going to tell me what I need to do today so I don't make a mess of 2020 like I have in previous month, previous years. Um, because it's not really about money for me. It's about generational wealth and how I can achieve that for my family, how we can set those goals and achieve them and stay motivated throughout the year. So I have a ton of questions that I want to get to. But before that, let me tell you a little bit about her. She's a mother, a wife, and a military veteran. Thank you so much for your service. She is still active in the Navy Reserve. She's been an entrepreneur for over 15 years now, and she owns an online resale shop. She also has been active in partnership with MyCon. Is that how you pronounce that? MyEcon. MyEcon, the professional financial success company for the last two years. And she loves learning and then educating others on what she's learned. So we're going to take advantage of that today. She loves her family, uh, her family time, animals, and writing poetry. And she looks for her first co-authored published work. Um, you're going to be seeing that this year in 2020. So thank you so much for being on the show, Melanie. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, so, um, guys, I met in, um, side of a Facebook group and I know I've mentioned this to you before when you are really tapping into who you are and how you like to do business, it's easy for you to get inside these groups and really grow your business and your following just by adding value inside the group. And guys, all I did was go inside this group having had communication with these wonderful ladies um, over a period of time, trying my best to add value. And I just tap, typed in there, hey, I'm looking for some people to interview for um, my podcast. And I had a ton of responses. Melanie was one of them. And I love the subject matter, this um, traditional methods of achieving generational wealth. Um, <clears throat> so Melanie, I really want to get started with you because this is the baseline for Another podcast I want to do with you and my friend Takia, um, who talks about um, generational wealth and how to do that internationally as a community, as a culture. She really works with African Americans, minorities, and how to build um, generational wealth with international investments and international banking. So I cannot wait for you two to get together oh, with my yes. That's coming <laughs> later, but I wanted to have you on alone first so we can talk about this these traditional methods. So first question um, is tell us a little bit about you. I know we had the bio, but how exactly did you become this wealth management person? Um, I stumbled on it by mistake on purpose. Okay, <laughs> okay. all right. That so, makes all um, the sense in the world. <laughs> by mistake on purpose. I yes. get it. So um, I had just come home from a deployment, and uh, I remember one of the things, I have a lot of military uh, 
members in my family. And I remember one of the things that they all stress is, you know, when you go on a deployment, you're over there and you make this money while you're gone and you come home and you don't know what to do with it. And the first thing you do is blow it. Mm. And I've seen it, even though they've said it to me, I've still seen them do it. Mm-hmm. And I came home and I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. This is a lot. I need to do, I need to put this somewhere. I need to be doing something better with it. And so for a, a, a long while, I was just sitting on it. Just like I, I had some things that I wanted to do, but I was pulled in so many different directions. I was like, okay. So one day I was just praying about it. And one of the ladies that uh, was deployed with me, Called me out of the blue. Hey, girl, what you doing? (laughs) Nothing. Praying, you know? (laughs) Trying to get this thing worked out. I'm trying to to work some things out, girl. (laughs) And um, she was like, I want you to check something out. She was like, I know we had some conversations when we were able to have conversations when we were over there. And she was like, I need you to see this. And she showed me some information about the company, My Econ, that I'm in partnership with now. And everything that they were talking about was everything that I had prayed about. Oh, wow. It, they were talking about, you know, you want to be able to leave things for your children. You want to be able, yes, you want to reach out to these companies that can help you to um, fix your credit, that can help you to invest, but you need to know what it is those companies are doing. You should not just be paying people to fix things for you. And then when you get in a bind again, you have no way to get out of it because you don't know anything. Right. You didn't learn. Didn't somebody learn else. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so this company taught me, you know, all the steps to take to, to make sure my credit was okay. Get it back together. They taught me um, things about investing that I didn't even know that I was doing mm-hmm. that, that I should be paying attention to, you know, mm-hmm. like everybody tells you, you know, well, you, you need to put some money aside and, get some stocks and bonds or something, or, you know, get this, you need to have money in a savings account, Mm -hmm. but they don't tell you to, you need to watch these different types of rates. You Mm -hmm. may need to move this here and put this there. If you're a certain age, because this is not going to get you to where you want to be, you know? Right. So I was just so blessed to, um, run into that information. And, um, like I said, I've, I've been on this, entrepreneurial road for over 15 years. I actually started um, in entrepreneurship in grade school, but I didn't, oh, see wow. myself as a, I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur then. You know, you don't, I, I sold cookies and school supplies Okay. In, in grade school. And I did that for so long. Like I was helping my mom to buy our school supplies by what I was doing. Oh, wow. To me, I just saw it as, you know, I'm helping my mama. She don't have to do this. I, I didn't see that as me being an entrepreneur. Right. It wasn't until I got actually in college and um, professors were really taking notice to my work, my writings. And it was like, you know, you, you should really do something with this. So I'm like, oh, okay. I'm gonna write some books or something. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be an author. I'm gonna <laughs> publish some stuff. <laughs> and life happened, things happened and, and that didn't happen. But next year, you know, well, this year, 2020. That's funny. <laughs> That's all about my publishing year, right? There we go. Gotta have goals. Yes, yes, I have goals and, and, and I'm reaching for them. But um, I think I, when I saw that you put this post up and you were looking for people to do podcasts and then you told me, you know, you want to speak on traditional wealth, 
I was just, I was like, oh, yes, yes. I <laughs> because I think when we think in the form of, when we think traditional wealth, we think grandmama died and left me a house or, you know, grandmama, right. uncle dad over here and he had a good insurance policy and that's, and that's paying me off. Right. And I am trying to change that mindset. Yes. I'm trying to change that mindset because we don't have to wait for someone to die for us right. to have traditional wealth. I want for us to, and when I say us, I mean us as black Culturally. People. Yes. I got you. I got you. <laughs> we are the ones who culturally don't think that we can have wealth until someone dies. Exactly. We don't even have that. We don't, we're not really educated in how to do it for ourselves. And so all we've ever known is the only way we'll ever have anything is if grandma left us something. Uh Uh Mm -hmm. And, and I am that, that is my mission with both of my companies, my, um, my, my online resale shop. I am actually trying to, when I first started, before mm-hmm. I was deployed, I was partnering with um, high schools in Illinois. Mm-hmm. I was living in Chicago then. For students, they have to have so many community service hours. Okay. So I was partnering with the high schools to have the kids to come in and be able to get their community service hours, but to teach them not to be workers at someone else's business, but how to, how would they run a company? Oh, okay. So everything that they did it was almost as if they were running my business. Okay. But it was it was lessons for them and how to be able to run something instead of how to be able to go in and punch a clock and work. Right. That's for, awesome. You know, somebody else. That's awesome. So um, I'm working now to try to get that back up and running here in Indiana because it, it's definitely needed where I'm, I'm at. I stay in Gary now. Oh. And, um, they definitely need opportunities like that here too. So that's that's another thing that I'm working on here. But um. Yeah, I just... It sounds like you have a lot on your plate, but you're definitely someone who... I always... um, When I'm coaching people, or even... I don't know if you've ever seen me add this inside the group that we're in, but um, a lot of times when I see people struggling with like their marketing and how to get themselves out there, I think it's important for us to, to really think about our own experiences because typically the passion we have is for people who are going through something similar that we have gone through and that's how we relate to them. And it's important for us in our marketing efforts to meet people where they are. And what you said is, you know, someone met you where you were, you were able to tap into the fact that, you know, your, your, um, your mother and other members of your family who were in the military gave you this advice, but they weren't really following it. You were able to take, you know, from their experiences. And when someone approached you about, your own finances, you were like, you could recognize in yourself mm-hmm. Absolutely. that this was something that you needed. And so um, I love that you are, um, it wasn't a story of, and the fact that you've been an entrepreneur forever, I wrote down how cookies and um, school supplies <laughs> sparked entrepreneur spirit because, you know, it's been in you. And um, I, I, that's why I kind of wanted to have these conversations this year, because I think when I'm, one of the things that I struggle with, to, you know, just all in all honesty, is, um, and I did a podcast a while ago that talked to this point, personal branding, you hear people talking about branding Mm -hmm. and you hear people talking about personal branding interchangeably. So Mm -hmm. you've got, oh, um, I can help you with your personal branding. And they think, oh, it's my logo. It's my website. 
or if it's a fashion stylist talking about it, it's like my clothing, my personal brand, how people see me. And the truth is my definition is it encompasses all of that because it takes who you are, Mm -hmm. which I would consider the noun, your personal brand right? and personal branding, adding the ing to it puts feet on it. And it means now you've got to do something with this person that you figured out who you were and how you want to serve. And so it's an action. It's a verb. It's you actually taking who you are and doing something with it. And what you did was just that you took this entrepreneurial spirit that was sparked from cookies and um, school supplies. (laughs) And you are now um, not only helping yourself financially, but helping other people financially and then helping young adults to understand the um, concept of entrepreneurship and what it could look like for them. So you are not only meeting people where they are, but you're giving them tools mm-hmm. to then succeed later in life. And I really do. I want to say thank you for your service and thank you for helping people. <laughs> okay. So let's get to some of these questions. Um, what do you think is the biggest threat to wealth creation right now? Mindset. Mm. Because we don't, we cannot have what we don't see. And because so many of us are coming from an impoverished mindset, you know, everything around you is, is, is not what you want it to be. And you don't see it. You don't have anyone that is going where you want to go. That looks like you, mm-hmm. your mind is, you've already made up in your mind that I won't be able to do that. Wow. And I think that is the biggest, that is the biggest barrier for us is mindset. You, you cannot achieve what you cannot see yourself achieving. But how do we then, how do we offset that? What are some things we can do um, if we don't see, because I mean, you have the argument, well, you know, you may not see it in your immediate family, but if you've got a television, you can see someone else doing it. So how do you combat that attitude um, that we have so many people in our country, um, they have that attitude that it doesn't make sense that they can't get out of this situation because, I mean, their television works. They see LeBron James. They see um, um, Michelle Obama. They see, you know, Kevin Hart doing it. Why can't they figure out a way out? So how do we combat that attitude and change our mindset? I think we first have to realize that all those people that you just named are ordinary people. Nobody is extraordinary until someone else calls them that. Ah, so if I call you extraordinary, now you're extraordinary. We, ha- we have to get into the habit of calling ourselves what we want to be. And then we have to get into the habit of, you know, creating those mental pictures and viewing them in our mind every day of what it is we want and where it is we want to go. I'm writing this down because I'm like, this is some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think people, we don't realize that negativity is the easiest thing to come by and the hardest thing to let go. Most of the time when someone asks you, you know, what, it is, what is, it, is it that you want to do? Or, you know, do you have any idea of what it is you want to, where you want to go? The first thing we can think about is what we don't want and where we don't want to go. We know right off the bat what we don't want, but we always have to ponder, you know, for a long time, what, you know, well, what is it I really want? I know I don't want this, but what do I really want? Girl, this is good. That's, that was really good. <laughs> um, because you're right, like, especially since negativity is coming from so many angles. It's not just what we think of ourselves, which nine times out of 10 was given to us by somebody else, like exactly. a, a negative thought. But it's also coming at us from naysayers who don't understand our passion's journey. It's coming at us from um, 
the, the, the things we see externally other people and are comparing ourselves to that, thinking we, yep. we're not measuring up. Um, and then it's coming to us because I think we also feel like we don't measure up and so we don't even give ourselves a chance. I was doing a podcast interview with another member of the group and one of the things she mentioned was um, when someone, you know, there are thousands of women in that group, but when someone posts a thread, you only see you know, 75, 100 people, maybe if that, you know, it could just be 25 or 30 people that actually reply. And her point was, we feel like we, maybe sometimes we feel like we're not good enough for that. You know, we shouldn't reply inside that thread because somebody else, you know, already said they could, and maybe they're better at it than we are. So we have all of this negative tape playing in our head. And um, it, like, you're, you're right, it's the easiest thing to come by, but it is so hard to let go of. And, and again, I think that's why just like using the verb of personal branding that I was talking about mm -hmm. is really about saying to yourself, listen, um, I'm different than everybody else. And even though Lisa is doing the exact same thing I'm doing, Lisa doesn't have my perspective. Lisa doesn't have my experiences behind this. Lisa doesn't have the passion for it that I do. So even though Lisa does the same thing, everyone's not going to relate to Lisa. Everyone's not going to resonate with Lisa's message, but they might resonate with mine. So I might as well put my name in the hat. Otherwise I'm missing out on some money or missing out on an opportunity that could get me to the next level in my business. And so I love this whole, this, this idea that negativity is the easiest thing to come by, but the hardest thing to let go of. I love that quote. And it's going to be somewhere. Some say I'm going to put it somewhere real big and heavy because I love it. So what is the biggest threat you think to once we have a little change in our pocket, so so say, you know, grandma did leave you a couple, you know, you know, twenty thousand dollars or whatever the case may be, or she left you a house. What is the biggest threat to the retention of that or to keeping that that money? Um, for the first thing I think is us wanting material things. Mm. We, have, we have associated wealth and being rich and being prominent with having all of these things. So we go and we blow all that money on all of these things that we find out later are worthless. Mm. So um, we, we need to have some education on what it is we need to do with that money so that that money makes us money. Right. Money is supposed to make us money. We are not supposed to work for money and spend it and it be gone until we get a next check. We're supposed to work for money we're supposed to put that money to work so that money works for us. That is awesome. You are absolutely right. That's, I think, the funny thing was well, not funny. It's not funny. But I'm sure you can relate to this. Culturally, grandma leaves somebody the house or maybe it's three or four siblings and the house was left to all of the siblings. And mm -hmm. then the next thing you know, it's a cutthroat fight to the death over grandma's house. Girl, you know my family. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's a cutthroat <laughs> fight to the death when the truth of the matter is, is if we were really looking at this from a from a you know from a bird's eye view, you can see mm -hmm. this is a, this is an income potential that we can all benefit from, or this is potentially how we can um <clears throat> you know, stack our own money, you stack our pockets with money that we use it from selling the house. Or, exactly. you know, if we work together and understand how money works, mm -hmm. it's easy for us to see what grandma left us as a way to further our own generational wealth for our kids and our grandkids, yes. instead of it being um, something to fight over and, you know, battle to the death over. 
it, I find it funny that you would say that because um, I was driving through my grandmother's old neighborhood. Um, she has since passed and she did leave her house to my aunts and uncles, my dad. And um, I was just driving through the neighborhood and I grew up in that neighborhood. So I know when I was younger, most of the couples that were on that neighborhood were older, like my grandparents. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the houses, when they passed, went to family members. Mm -hmm. but, and I, but I think that even though you, we have good intentions, we want to, you know, leave our homes and whatever else that we have to our children, we don't teach them how to keep it up. Right. Right. So, or the, or, or what, or what's, re what's required, not just how yes. to, but what is required. Like grandma owned this house for 30 years, but grandma had to pay taxes on the house. Uh -huh. Grandma had to keep the yard up. Grandma had to make sure she maintained the property. Do you know how to do that? Because it's not just a house. It's, yes. it's an investment that has to be kept up that carries responsibility. Yes. And I think that is another thing that we need to focus on. We need to have a part of what we are teaching when we are when we are planning to leave our legacy because um i think for us when we get a hold of things and you know we finally bought a house we own it it's ours we want to give those things to our children right but we don't teach them what they need to do to have it you know we we grew up it's like oh i didn't have this when i was little so i'm gonna i'm gonna buy this and i'm gonna give it to my baby and i'm gonna buy this and i'm gonna you know but half the time they don't even want what we didn't have Right. We just didn't have it, so we want them to have it. Right. And we don't teach them how to acquire other things. Acquire and appreciate. Well. Right. Yes. Acquire, because even though you don't want grandma's house, grandma's mm -hmm. house still holds value. And whatever yep. it is you're trying to do to further yourself financially, to, to create generational wealth for your family, grandma's house, whether you want it or not, could pay, play a role in your ability to do that. So it's important for us to educate ourselves on what those options are when grandma leaves the house. Yeah. So um, the other thing that you were mentioning that I thought is, is um, really crucial in this is that whole idea of teaching our children and wanting our children to have things that we didn't have. I think that's universal across cultures. We just all, yeah. um, I think my grandmother wanted my great, my great grandmother wanted my grandmother to do better. My grandmother wanted my mother to do better. My mother wants me to do better. And obviously I want my kids to do better. But I think what we've done in the process is <clears throat> we have created these little monsters because um, I think the generation coming behind us, like our kids, mm -hmm. has this idea of like expectation. Like they expect that it's yes. supposed to go a certain way and they, yes. and they feel a sense of entitlement to the yes. way things are supposed to go. And because we, you know, are possibly quite, quite possibly the first generation that went to college and, you know, understands the world a little bit better and is able to do the modern things like get on the internet and all these different things and have access to all this information. We are hindering our kids by just giving and not making them work for or yeah. not making them appreciate what is being given. And I think that is another lesson and another reason why it's so important for us to talk to people like you who can teach us about um, why it's important to have a life insurance policy and, mm -hmm. and not just one that's going to cover, you know, your hospital bills, but one right. that's going to cover not only all the bills you have, but have money left over so that you can seed that money into your, your people, the people coming behind you. Mm -hmm. um, there's a story. Um, I have a good friend here. He's an insurance agent. He used to sell, he used to sell for State Farm. Now he does um, just kind of a more blanketed approach to insurance, various insurances. 
And I remember when my husband and I first got married and we met him, he sat us down and was talking to us about insurance. And he said, you know, he said, I was talking to another guy about life insurance. And I was trying to get him to do um, at least a hundred thousand dollar policy. I think that was the amount. And um, he said, he just refused to spend the money on this policy because he said, he said, if I do that, my ex-wife is just going to squander all that money. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she's going to squander all of that money. And I don't want to give her the satisfaction. And my friend was like, buddy, A, you won't be here to know because it's a life insurance policy. Right? <laughs> two, <laughs> he was like, two, the, uh, don't worry about your wife. The idea is to leave a legacy for your kids and give right. them a leg up. Don't leave them with your debt and your issues. Provide them with what they need to take care of all of that and then have some left over to put in their bank account and take care of them as they you know, grow up and do things. Well, this guy just could not, he wouldn't have it. He just would not have it. And I think that is an attitude that is really plaguing our culture is that we think that, you know, investing in something for tomorrow is a waste of time because that means we can't live for today or it means that we are giving somebody else the satisfaction when we don't really like that person. And it's like, dude, it's not even about the person. It's about who are you leaving it for? Are they taking, is it taking care of someone? Is it providing opportunity for someone to get a leg up? You know, you know, stop being selfish. Yeah. Do you find that to be the case when you're working yeah. with people? <laughs> yeah. It's so sad that that's still happening. I, that was 25 years ago. That's so, so sad. Yeah. So people don't, um, they don't, they value more the right now stuff, mm. things that are right now tangible. They can see, you know, paycheck. How do we, how do we begin though? To, or how are you encouraging people to do what nobody else will today so they can live like nobody else can tomorrow? I do workshops. So mm -hmm. um, I often, my workshops are free. Um, I'm actually getting ready to have one coming up in the next couple of weeks. And um, we do personal financial success workshops. We talk to people about um, investing, just different things to look at not not so much as you know telling them oh you want to buy this stock you want to do that just giving them the, some knowledge about what the different terms mean in regards to investing we teach people about um side hustles making them legit mm. because a lot of people are afraid of the irs <laughs> mm -hmm. and they really have a business that they are running but because they're not keeping good enough records, they're afraid that, mm. you know, they, if they report it, they're going to owe, which in fact, just having a business that you do from home, just granted you some more tax deductions. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, we tell people about that too in those. And then we also talk about credit and the different steps and the different things that people can do so that they can boost their credit so that they're not, you know, drowning in debt and <laughs> paying off everything. I, um, I'm writing that down. Um, so what are three to five ideas for someone who wants to start managing their money better right now? How can we, so I know that you're doing these workshops, but so mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you're, you're telling people that they can do right now? Cause I mean, some of this stuff, like getting a side hustle, we know mm -hmm. that helps, but if they don't have one, that might be a little bit of a daunting task or mm -hmm. credit management, you know, ooh, that's a little bit scary, although it needs right. to be done. Um, and it could seem like this huge thing and then, um, reducing your debt, 
um, obviously that's something that can get started right now. So that is one, but how can we begin to navigate these waters and manage our money right now? What one of the steps? first things that I tell people to do is mm -hmm. to write out what it is you spend your money on down to the most insignificant thing that you think it is a pack of bubble gum every other day write down what it is that you spend your money on mm. then i tell people to write down what it is you earn after taxes because most of the time people plan their bills on okay i make 20 dollars an hour at this job so my check is going to be this much no it's not <laughs> no you're Mr. FICA, Mr. <laughs> Fed tax, yes. Mr. State tax, they coming for you. Yes, they are. So you need to plan your bills according to what you bring home. And I also tell people when you are out searching for employment, you need to ask for what it is you want to make after taxes. Because you go in and you're like, oh, they're going to pay me $15 an hour. But how much is it after taxes? So if you need to be making $20 an hour take home, you need to be asking for $25 an hour. <laughs> oh, that is such good advice. I like that. I've never heard that one before. So that is another thing that I do. Um, mm. That's another thing that I tell people to do. That's good. I mean, those three, don't give it all, girl. Don't give it all away. Make them come to you for the rest, girl. Okay, Make them come. That's right. Come on by. So what would you say to someone who wants to start a business but fears they don't have enough money? Because you know, this side hustle that you're talking about, when, we, when, when we're talking about generational wealth, I kind of want to put all this in context. So when we're talking about these traditional methods, a side hustle is definitely one. Our culture has been doing those for years. But like years. you said, not taking advantage of some of the benefits, tax benefits, and some of the ways that it can help to bring on this generational wealth and in terms of making it not just a hobby, but actually making it a serious bona fide yeah. business. But when people start thinking about the idea, I think what sort of hems a lot of people up is they feel like they need to have a ton of money to get started. There are a lot of misconceptions about that. Like, yeah. so like, um, what would you say to someone who wants to start a business, but they feel like they don't have a lot of money? One of the first things that I often say to people is what are your hobbies? What mm -hmm. is it that you do now that you're spending money on that could possibly be bringing money back to you? What is it that you're doing right now that you're spending money on that you absolutely shouldn't be spending money on? Usually uh, I find that people are doing things already that they can monetize, that they're already, you know, have a budget for because they're doing this already regularly. They're just not keeping records of it. And then for those who still just don't have an idea, <laughs> I introduce them to another concept with my partnership with my econ. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then we work and it out. Go. <laughs> so what are some of the most fun, what are some of the uh, most difficult financial lessons um, that you've learned along your journey? Um, Again, we have to meet people where they are, yeah. Melanie. So tell us so, what okay, you struggled so with. My biggest struggles was um, feeling like I had to have all these things first. Uh -huh. but, you know, oh, I want my business to be this, so I've got to buy that, and I've got to buy this, and I and you ain't sold a thing, but you just spent all your money. Okay. So I, <laughs> my hardest lesson was to start minimally and build up. That is funny. That is funny. Feeling like you need stuff. That's true. My husband used to say to me, like, I have a, 
I had to, I don't know if this is true for you, but in my business, I've taught myself how to do a ton of stuff. Like these podcasts I do, I taught myself how to do in terms of how to edit the podcast videos. I taught myself how to do, how to edit the videos, how to mount them up on different places, marketing, you know, social media. My degree is in marketing. I love strategic uh, marketing, strategic planning. I love doing that. I think I'm very good at it. I help a lot of people with it. But girl, I got my degree in 95. So uh, there was no Facebook when I did that. Okay. So, I mean, you have to teach yourself these things. But you're right. You get started and you feel like, oh, uh, well, I can't I can't be a good podcaster if I don't have a Yeti mic. You know, right, I right. The Yeti I, gotta, I gotta have this. You know, how can I do a video if I don't have the perfect rebel can camera to get it done? Mm-hmm. And that is so not true. And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to um, do it the way we see other people doing it. Because I mean, if you're watching a lot of YouTube videos, if you're teaching yourself something, these people are showing you exactly what they're doing. Yes. And you could be, you you could be like um, just discouraged because, well, I can't afford you know a five hundred dollar camera. Right. I can't right. afford an eighty dollar mic. You know, but you don't need any of that as long as you have your iPhone so yeah. or, your, or your Android phone. Um, and so we do have to get out of that. And, and having that attitude or that mindset that we have to have all those things is what will cripple us and um, diminish our ability to gain that generational wealth and that we're looking for. Be, the reason we have the, the business in the first place. Exactly. You know? I, one, of my, one of my hiccups was um, feeling like I had to have everything perfectly set before I was doing my videos. So mm-hmm. I did a series of videos with my three-year-old running around to make <laughs> me focus on keep on going. <laughs> I started and you know, people don't care. Like I'm sitting here right now and I'm listening, like I'm at my office and I've got people walking back and forth and I can hear their footsteps and it is driving me crazy. But as you know what, what you, what'd you say? And I hear none of that. That's just driving me nuts. And I'm like, I hope nobody can hear this in the podcast. But if you can, I apologize. You know, it's what happens in the office. Don't listen to the background music. Don't listen to the background stuff. Listen to what we're saying. That's the whole point of the podcast. But yeah, I mean, we just feel like everything has to be so perfect. And it doesn't. I was watching, I was watching a video last night. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing the keto diet and I'm trying to get better at it. Obviously, I've been doing it wrong. So I need to do it better. So I was, I was doing it wrong, very, very wrong. So I was looking at this video last night and the lady was talking about how she um, preps her meals. And I'm looking at this video thinking, honey, clean up your kitchen. What in the world? I mean, you have got a mess. Can you not? I mean, you are shooting videos for YouTube. People are watching. Why would you not have your countertops clean? Uh-huh. But you know what? It was about the information. Yeah. She didn't have to care about countertops being clean. She was talking about prepping her food. So why wouldn't she have, you know, all her pots and pans? I feel like right. she had every single pot and pan on the countertop though. But <laughs> I mean, still, she was, she was, she was preparing food. So she was doing what she was supposed to do, but it didn't matter because you know what? I still stumbled on her website. I mean, stumbled on her, her video and I was still watching it for the information. Right. So you know, it doesn't matter. And there are other people, like you said, kids running around in the background. You know, you might say, child, get that child under control in your head. But ultimately, you listening to the person talking on the video. And that is what counts. So I love that. So don't make that mistake, people. Don't allow your your thought, your belief that you have to have everything perfect. And you have to have all this equipment, you to buy all these things to get started. You will never start. You will never start. Yes, right. You will never, ever start. 
Um, so that's a good question. I like that because that's a pain point. I think we can all relate to mm -hmm. feeling like we need to get all those things, but you don't. Perfect. All right. So I try to cram a ton into each podcast episode, but I recognize that sometimes you only have time for the cliff note version. That's why my YouTube channel, Be The Brand TV, may be the perfect answer to a quick how-to question. Need a little discussion or follow-up? That's okay too. I've got you, boo. My Facebook group, BTB Boss Talk, is a community of people just like you looking for answers to questions seldom discussed about the how-tos of marketing authentically. Regardless of your need, I've got it covered. So use the link in the show notes to get plugged in today. What were or are some of your biggest business growing pains? You know, you're helping people with their money. What are some of the biggest growing pains that you are suffering from right now or have you suffered from? I would say I have suffered from some of my biggest growing pains is um, learning to let go of those who are not focused to move forward. Ooh, we are these clients or just like people in your life, clients, in your circle, people in my life, just, uh. just in general, because you know, when you, when you have that, that spirit to help and you, you know, you want everybody to go. I got this. Mm. Come on, let's go. Sometimes that extra weight will have you drowned in water. And it can be so discouraging too, because yeah, we, exactly. we, especially, you know, I did. Especially when it's a loved one. Or yeah, I was going to say, especially when it's family, when you are so pumped, yes, when you are so pumped about this new adventure, this new opportunity that you found and you're like, okay, I feel like everybody in my family needs to get on yeah. with this because everybody, we all have this problem, but this, this product I found, this, this, this business, I just like, we can all it. get out, We can all get out of this, right. And then you take it to them and they like, Mm, right. well, I don't want to get involved in nothing like that or you know turn the nose up and just mm -hmm. it's like boo you are a hot mess worse than me so if this is working for me I know it's gonna work for you what are you thinking about what is wrong with you yeah I don't know I don't know I don't know why we do it to ourselves I don't know I just do not sometimes know. But, but you know what sometimes I think that we're so close remember I told you about that mindset and then mm -hmm. We've come from this group that, you know, we all been here. Like, you ain't up there. You ain't up there. We mm -hmm. all stuck right here, you know. So they can't see it coming from you. You got to let them see it from somebody else. Right. Which, again, takes us back to the whole idea of meeting people where they are. And I think we get so enthusiastic about the fact that we found the answer. Like, we know this is the answer. This is the thing that's going to get us all out of this. But the enthusiasm we have for it, we have to remember that it took us a minute to get to that point to where we actually accepted that it was the answer. So we have to give our friends and family a little bit of grace um, for them to see it. And sometimes it takes them seeing it in our lives and it being the benef benefiting our lives before they will come back to us and say, now tell me about that thing you right. were talking about a couple years ago. Because I see you going on trips and you buying clothes and you taking this that bought a new car. It's like, yeah, girl, let me show you how to do it. And I, we have to sort of meet people where they are and allow them to catch up yep. to us if, if they still don't, if they still don't see it. That's really good. So I have this question that I want to ask everybody. It's my last question. Then I want to get into some of the things that you might have coming up, but okay. how would you say, obviously this whole podcast is about personal branding and mm -hmm. personal style and the personal branding, like I mentioned before is, um, the verb is the action of who you are. So who you've determined you are, your likes, dislikes, and non-negotiables. How are you putting your personal brand into action for your business? 
Um, I think that I do that by in my writings. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that I write, I think that I I put my branding into action in my writings. Um, I've been stepping up my um, YouTube videos and things because I know that people are watching because they'll come back later and be like, I ain't seen you in a while. <laughs> Well, you didn't say anything. I didn't know where you were there. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, people are watching. So I think that um, that is an important thing when we're when we're trying to brand ourselves. Um, you know, even though you might not get a like, you might not get a share. People are watching you. So whatever it is that you have, you have to keep putting it out there. So mm-hmm. that, that's something I'm working on myself with my personal branding is just to keep putting that information out there. As yourself, right? Like really tapping into who you are and how you, because I can tell you have a a passion for helping people to, um, it's not just generational wealth because you're working with with, uh, students and you're, you know, trying to get your family members and then just um, the the business that you have as a whole um, is not necessarily about not only about generational wealth, but I think the steps that you're giving people helps to create that generational wealth. And we have to have every single one of those steps in order to get it. We can't skip one. And I think that's very important for all of us to take a lesson from, from this podcast. Now, what do you have coming up this year, 2020? Mm-hmm. Anything big, anything major we should know about? So I'm going to be a co-author in a book that is coming out this year. Um, I'm, I'm actually finishing up the writing in it. Hopefully I'll be done by the end of this week so that I can get my edits and everything to <laughs> come out. And um, that's going to be the first of books, many books Ooh. that I've written this year. I have written um, a lot of poetry and children's books. So um, this is going to be my tiptoe on out in the waters and hopefully I'll be selling <laughs> yes. as an author. Um, here coming real soon. So. Awesome. Okay. Well, I also plan to have uh, many more workshops. As you, you know, I'm a reservist in the, in the Navy, so mm-hmm. I have some Navy obligations. But I think that I have gotten my calendar um, set this year where I can do many more workshops. So I'm, nice. I'm looking to do that too. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure we look for all those things and I'll have all of your links um, in the show notes so that people will be able to reach you for their financial needs, um, as well as maybe learn more about those workshops that you have coming up and find out when your book is going to launch so they can grab a copy of that. Um, guys, I really appreciate Melanie for being on the show. Thank you, Melanie, for being on the show. But sometimes it's not just about the generational wealth. It's tapping into who you are, understanding how you need to navigate the world in order to achieve that generational wealth. And so if you're struggling with stress and overwhelm, you're not quite sure how to um, pull all this together so Melanie can help you because you don't really know what you like or what you excuse me, what you don't like, then I think you should grab my um, free mini course. It's called Highway 8, um, uh, The Road to Your Inner Influencer. It's a four-part mini video series that helps you um, answer some of these questions that you will need to have the answer to in order to work with Melanie and do it in an authentic way. Because the worst thing we can do is work with someone and not be honest and not be true and they give you a plan that you know you can't stick to so these questions will help you really come up with the answers to provide anyone you're working with uh with the right information to make sure they're being able to help you the right way so grab that i'll make sure i put that in the links below thank you again for listening to pb and style i really appreciate you melanie for being on the show remember guys this is the place to find clarity consistency and authenticity in the way you develop your 
Don't forget to join Andrea over on our website where all the deliciousness really happens at andreapatrick.com. You can also find her on Facebook at AF Patrick Consult, Twitter at Andrea F. Patrick, LinkedIn at AF Patrick, and Instagram at AF Patrick. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.